What's good, OKC82 podcast listeners? Chisholm Hall and Brady Trantham for your Monday edition NBA free agency podcast. Uh, we're going to do our best to be uh, tight on time. Because this is a really easy subject, Brady, for us to dive in for like three hours and talk about hypotheticals and win-loss totals and everything we think every team's going to do and everything in between. But we're going to do our best to try to keep on a schedule. But obviously last night was insane. Last night was, was that the best day of free agency in NBA history? Was was that it? That has to be the pinnacle. Because I know everyone's going to point to 2016 because that was, you know, over that four-day period because as silly as some of those contracts were, everyone's going to point to Timothy Mozgov getting $100 million from the Lakers. Um, but, like, the Kevin Durant thing kind of loomed over until July 4th as the dark cloud. Like, that's the big thing. But today, like the even before, like we find out about Kevin Durant, where he's going to go, um, all these other big fish just jump teams in a matter of like twenty minutes, and then everything else was just complete and utter madness. Like every twenty minutes, somebody would sign. So, yeah. like yesterday had to be the best free agency day in league history. Uh, individual day, absolutely. At least in my lifetime, I can't remember one that was more interesting. Probably the summer of twenty ten. I had a lot more fun with. Because that was Chris Bosh, Dwayne Wade, LeBron James, and Carmelo Anthony, which now is laughable at the time. <laughs> but like I was all in on that summer because those four guys were four of the top. And it had never happened. That had league. never never happened before. Right. Now we're so, now we're kind of conditioned to expect like every two or three years, like guys are just going to jump teams. Yeah, and it was just those four guys are all fundamental guys, and they're all shuffling around. And Carlos Boozer, Amari Stoudemire were also in like. There was a, like, that was an awesome free agency class all in one summer, and no one knew where anybody was going to go. So I enjoyed that summer. But it's individual day from the very start where an hour and a half before free agency starts, two hours before we get the Kevin Durant's jumping ship, which we'll get into, all the way to the very end of the night, which is D'Angelo Russell is suddenly on the Golden State Warriors. <laughs> like It was just madness from start to finish. Uh, but we'll get into all that, but this is the OKC82 podcast, so we are going to start local. Oh. Hashtag keep it local. Really quick, though, Woj Bomb, Seth Curry with the Dallas Mavericks. Well, he's already played for Dallas. I know. He, like, Well, he's played for like half the league. Yeah, that's true. Uh, so we're going to keep it local here with what Oklahoma City did last night. I don't know what Thunder fans were anticipating. The amount of activity we had was about what I expected. It was more than I expected. I mean, especially especially when you consider like if you if you if you make Nerlens Noel that whole thing, if you think about it in segments, like Woj reports that Nerlens Noel signs with the Thunder, and it's like, oh wow, that's I didn't expect that at all. I expected him to just be here for a year when he signed on July second last year. Um, so something must be going on. Like, is Steven going to get moved now? Like, is there something we don't know? Because numbers, contracts weren't reported. And after like 20 minutes, it became apparent. You know, like Woj would like say like, so-and-so is signing with so-and-so. And then like a few minutes later, him and Bobby Marks would have like the numbers. Nerland's Noel's thing didn't come up. And then there was this other random report that said that Woj had said maybe on TV, I don't know, because I was on the radio, um, that Nerlens was signing a two-year deal. And I'm still looking for like confirmation on all this while I'm writing the P- the article for the Franchise OK's website. And then all of a sudden, Nerlens Noel's Instagram story becomes like a topic of discussion with that black screen with two question marks. So that happens, and then we don't hear anything for another few hours. Then finally, Nerlens Noel apparently asked the Thunder for more time to reevaluate the deal that they had apparently made. So... That in its in and of itself, when you don't even consider the Mike Muscalich, um signing, like it was quite the eventful day for the Thunder. When I I went into that day just saying, you know what, nothing's probably going to happen. Yeah, uh, the Nerlens Noel original signing was shocking. Like it really caught me off guard. I wasn't anticipating Nerlens coming back. I thought he was going to get uh, more money on the market. And turns out maybe I was right. I don't know what. It felt to me like the DeAndre Jordan number came out, and then immediately Nerlens Noel did that whole, I want to rethink. Yeah. Because if you're Nerlens Noel, you're like, whoa, I'm DeAndre Jordan, but I'm younger. <laughs> like, how is DeAndre going to make $10 million a year, and I'm going to make whatever they had agreed to? Um, so DeAndre Jordan is washed, by the way, but I'm, I'm sorry. I like me some Nerlens Noel, and I think he helps the Thunder out a lot. He is not I, – I still, even after last year, I don't think he's the same player as DeAndre Jordan. No, and he's definitely not. Um, so DeAndre Jordan, 
goes to Brooklyn, Nerlens Noel backs away from his agreement, and then, I mean, what, five minutes, four minutes, three minutes later, we get the news of the signing. And it's not just anybody. They went for the all-star power forward. <laughs> Mike Muscala. So much so that allegedly Sam Presti flew to Minnesota. To recruit him. To recruit him in his own home. Well, that was nice of him. That's you know, your big fish. You know, Mike Muscala's like, well, this, I, I, I'm not prepared. I didn't clean my house. Do you think Mike Muscala's <laughs> like, man, I could have met you at the Hamptons? <laughs> no, um... Look, it's, I mean, it is what it is. This is basically the Thunder trying to go back on, like, well, this is, like, when we signed Patrick Patterson two years ago, we thought it was going to be X, Y, and Z. We thought Patterson would fill a role here. We thought he would hit shots like this. He would move the ball like this. And uh, as soon as he stepped on the floor for the Thunder, um, and to be fair, you know, because Patrick Patterson is a cool guy off the off the court, um, to be fair, his career with the Thunder didn't really get off to the best start just because he had that knee issue in his first preseason, didn't really get his feet wet until the regular season, so not the best way to start a new situation, so I'll give him that, but um, it was really apparent quickly that it was not going to work. It wasn't going to be like Toronto Raptor, Patrick Patterson nailing all these uh, dagger threes from the corner. Um, it just wasn't going to be in the cards and then when you had Carmelo Anthony it just that the thinness of that depth at that position like it really showed itself that season and then of, of course in the postseason so um, with Mike Muscal this is just the Thunder saying well we need a we need a guy to fill this role to be that type of role player at that position and now Sam Presti is hoping that Mike Muscala can be that guy and perhaps he could very well could be. He's a 36% three-point shooter. Um, he's got some nice nice athleticism around the rim. Um, he can block some shots. Um, he can move the ball. Like I, I like what he could do with Philly um, with that roster. Like he, there were some games where I like the ball movement from him. But at the end of the day, it's it's not something that should move the needle for Thunder fans. And I don't think Thunder fans are really that excited about it. But um, it is what it is. They're just trying to go back on the Patrick Patterson thing. Yeah, it's just running it back from two years ago. So just whatever you thought about when they signed Patrick Patterson, my only difference is I think Patrick coming into Oklahoma City was no much more exciting. Was a much better defender. Yeah, than what Mike Muscala is going to be um, going forward. Rap- Raptors fans told me though, like, because um, I I follow a few Raptors fans and I asked their opinion because I hadn't actually watched Patterson play ever since he got hurt in his final year with Toronto, and they told me like. It could be a good signing for the Thunder, and they hope that Patterson, you know, was successful still. But they were like, he's not the same. Like, he is not, ever since he got hurt, he is not the same player. And it's kind of apparent. Like, he was just, I don't want to repeat myself, he just wasn't the same. And that's, that. those things can happen when you sign players in the NBA, when you're trying to find role guys. It's so hard to find role guys. Like for the Thunder, it's been it's it's been easy for them to find superstars and to even keep some in Paul George and Russell Westbrook. It's been more difficult for them to find like the Mike Millers or the Shane Battiers or the the prime Patrick Pattersons to help put them over the top. That's that's kind of the uh, the difficulty of them building their roster in the last few years. Yeah, and again, Mike Muscala fills a role. It's someone the Thunder fans should be like relatively excited about because he is an NBA player. Like, there's a ton of teams who would love to have Mike Muscala coming in as a backup big next year. Um, I thought he was going to get a whole lot more than what I assume is the veterans minimum. I assume. We haven't seen numbers. Um, I thought he was going to get more money than that just because he's the quintessential big man now where it's he's huge and he can shoot. That's his two skills. He's massive and he can shoot. Outside of that, nothing. Um, so Pride of Bucknell. I think we can all assume that the Thunder season's not done. Or the Thunder's offseason is not done. They are going to try to make moves. Now, whether that's financially based or yeah, I mean, even now based. I mean, with Muscala, you've got to think, like, logically, this, this impacts Patrick Patterson. Like, do they offload him in some way? Do you think there's a... I, I agree with you. That was my immediate reaction. Do you think there's a part of this that they go, maybe playing Patrick Patterson and Mike Muscala next to each other as a backup front court? It's a lot of shooting all of a sudden on the floor for this team. It's, I mean, you can. They would get. I'm just trying they to would a get different eat, idea. They here. would get eaten alive defensively, even by a small ball five, just because the athleticism isn't there. Not, not necessarily from Muscala, 
I mean, he's not going to he's not going to wow you with his athleticism, but he's much more of an athlete at this point in his career than Patterson is. Patterson's just playing, talk about playing against second units. Yeah, I'm saying once if Mike Muscala is the Nerlens Noel replacement and not the Patrick Patterson replacement, like we all assume. Well, you can't keep Patterson, Nerlens, and Muscala. Right, you, you can't. Like one of those guys got to go, and it's not going to be Muscala. Obviously, it's probably going to be. I mean, for all we know, it could be Nerlens because. Right. He, he didn't like the deal that was apparently agreed upon. He was like, what? <laughs> Maybe he was like asleep. <laughs> like, look, I didn't agree to shit. <laughs> uh, so I know we kind of made fun of it a little bit. Anything you're going to take away from Presti driving to Minnesota? Um, this, this was the big fish. No. Look, I'm trying to look at this from... A professional standpoint, it says You're a lot. Not professional. Uh, it, it says a lot for a GM to go to a player of that caliber to recruit. You know, I'm sure Mascala was probably very. Does it say a lot about the GM or a lot about the team situation? Probably about the team situation. But again, you know, it's not Pres- Presti does does not control the money. He works within the parameters of the money he is given. So. He he deserves his fair share of blame for like the Thunder's financial situation and how they're you know scratching and clawing for just any type of improvement and they're banking on at this point you know they could still do some other things um, but at this point they're banking on Mike Muscala to be that missing piece and even if he is a missing piece with as great as you know all these other teams are getting around the Thunder it does, is it going to be that big of a Miami wait. Per Miami's finalizing a trade to send center Hassan Whiteside to Portland for Mo Harkless. Yes! 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 Sayonara Hassan Whiteside. Man, this is this is a great podcast. I love this. Why the hell is Portland doing that? <laughs> uh, yes. Have they seen Hassan Whiteside? No. <laughs> They're West Coast time, Chisholm. Why are they doing that? No, they can't that? watch basketball at 4 p.m.? Come on now. Why are they doing Seriously, yes! why are they doing that? Yes! Jimmy Butler, South Beach. It's coming. J- Jimmy Butler, Bradley Beal, Miami Heat. That's fine. I'm fine <laughs> with all that. I'm going to remain with why the hell is... Why is Portland what Hassan Whiteside? I know Yusuf Nurkic is hurt, so they're looking for a center. But training <sighs> Mo Harkless, who was a, going to be their starting power forward... Because uh, no, Alfred Camino, they have no Alfred Camino. They have no Mo Harkless now. And no Myers and, Leonard. And, and at least from the Thunder's perspective, those two guys were very good in the playoffs for Portland. Yes, May, maybe not so much as the uh, playoffs got deeper and deeper. Because I know Harkless had a bad second round against Denver. So maybe maybe Portland's just kind of assessing their talent and saying we just need to get better. And the thing about Hassan Whiteside, and he frustrates the hell out of me. You know, I'm a Miami Heat fan, so. He frustrates hell, hell of me, but the talent is there. So if he just, maybe this situation will be better for him. Maybe Dame and CJ McCollum um, will just make him focus on so basketball. So then Yersef comes back and they do. That's that's the good question here. But that will be towards the end of the year okay. at best. All right. Well, I'm glad they're all. I'm just excited. They went from, we really believe that Ennis Cantor. Can be the center of our team. We believe Hassan Whiteside can be the center of our team. Okay, let's move on. Kevin Durant. Signed with the Brooklyn Nets. That's right. The Brooklyn Nets have brought in Kevin Durant and Kyrie Irving as well as DeAndre Jordan all on four-year deals. Um, so Brooklyn going to be relevant for quite some time. Obviously, they get to keep their young core with Spencer Dinwiddie and Karis LeVert and Jarrett Allen, who's now awkwardly a backup center when he probably shouldn't be. Um, and, you know, everything else that they've kind of stockpiled there. Brooklyn has brought in Kevin Brady. What was your thoughts when Woj tweeted this out? Um, well, <laughs> I actually was, it was funny just because like 20 minutes before Woj had reported like that Kevin's going to announce, you know, tonight at, you know, seven o'clock Eastern time or whatever time on his silly little boardroom, Twitter account or IG account. I don't know. I've never seen the boardroom. I've seen clips of it. Um, it's just not my style. <laughs> and then Woj just like 20 minutes later, you know, you know what? Screw that. He's going to the Nets. So that alone was just shocking just because, like, just the savagery of Woj. You know, he just does not care. He did it. He did his job. He knew something. He reported it. Um, so kudos to Adrian Wojnarowski. Um, now, basketball-wise, um, if Kevin Durant can't come back healthy, which I would like to see that because when Kevin Durant plays basketball, it's really fun to watch. And the prospect of him with Kyrie Irving, um, with Karis LeVert, 
um, with whatever guys that, that Brooklyn's able to keep and then maybe add on over the next year and a half, um, it's it's going to be definitely exciting. And when you think about where we were a few years ago with Brooklyn, um, them being kind of laughing stock after that Boston trade, right? And now seeing where both those teams are now, it's like Boston got Kimba Walker, which is good. And Kimba Walker is a good player, but they're nowhere near the optimistic, you know, high end Eastern Conference team that they were going into last season. And it's just so funny now how there's there's where Boston is, who won the trade, but now here's Brooklyn that just you know they got Katie and Kyrie and I guess DeAndre Jordan, which would have been better four years ago. But um, really quick though, not off like off the floor, dude. We all predicted this not going to Brooklyn. We all predicted this. All these little reports that are coming out from Chris Haynes about how the Warriors apparently disrespected Kevin Durant. Dude, we said this on July 4th, 2016. We all said this. Like, you're going to win championships because that team is so stacked, but someone's going to get pissed off, and it's probably going to be Kevin because, Kevin, you're great. You're a better player than Steph Curry, but it's Steph's team. You're going to get pissed off about it because he gets affected by those things. He is truly affected by how people view him, how fans view him. And when his new home fans in in the Bay Area cheer harder for a Steph Curry three than they do a Kevin Durant three, like, you knew this was going to happen. So, like, Kevin, get, get a backbone. I mean, I don't know. You're so good. Stop being so reactionary. Like you just you need to be a little bit more forward thinking, and he's surrounded by people that, on paper, are supposed to be smart. You would think that they would prepare him for that, and they have done a piss poor job of preparing him for anything tomorrow. So, again, I hope Kevin Durant's fine, and I hope he um, comes back healthy. But I mean, good God, we we predicted this in 2016. Yeah, Kevin is is in some ways a tough one to figure out. Um, in other ways, he's really easy and predictable. You're right. Obviously, all the narrative, um, all the outside noise, internal discussions, or how he thought things were presented to him, of him versus Steph or whatever, it all bothered him. The story last night that apparently him and Steph weren't best friends, and that bothered Kevin, and the story this morning that the Warriors never fully embraced him, and he felt like a distant second fiddle. It, it, it was all predictable in a lot of different ways. Now, Dragonfly Jones is a guy you can follow on Twitter, Jones with a Z. With a Z. Uh, here's pretty much sums it up perfect. Guys, we really did it. We really made KD leave. Us, some dudes and dudettes on the internet, we did it. I'm so proud of us. I think we're all officially social media influencers. <laughs> it was crazy. Like, and I... If we really got the truth out of it, I really think public perception would be the number one reason why Kevin did what he did. Yeah. yeah. I mean, th- that's what it is. It's and if at, at the end of this three-year-plus-one contract that Kevin just signed, he moved again, would you be shocked? No. No. Especially when you consider, look, I have no doubt that Kevin Durant and Kyrie Irving are friends. But then you throw basketball into the equation, then you throw the New York media into the equation, then you throw like some disappointments, you know, coming up short. How long have Kyrie and Kevin been friends, by the way? How long have Kevin and DeAndre Jordan been friends? That I at least heard about during the summer of 2016 when he left, that he was someone he had talked to. But no, like seriously, like Kyrie Irving destroyed a locker locker room. That happened. Well, so did Kevin. Yes. So yeah, let's put them both together. That's a good idea. Like again, it could work beautifully, but it was supposed to work beautifully for Kyrie in Boston, and it didn't. And he destroyed that team. He destroyed that locker room. And hopefully, Jason Tatum and Jalen Brown, if the Celtics hold on to him, and Stephen Adams. <laughs> well, then Jalen Brown would be with the Thunder in that scenario, right? No, 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 Mr. We, Cap guy, Gordon, ha- Gordon Hayward. Oh, gotta get the white guy. Uh, well, yeah, you know. Him and Paul George are boys. Um, it was supposed Gordon to work- Hayward or Jalen Brown? Uh, Gordon Hayward and Paul. They had the same injury and they texted each other. Wasn't that sweet? Like, is that the extent? Do they have like a real, like. No. Oh, okay. I didn't know I, they had like a DeAndre Jordan, Kevin Durant friendship. They're both employees of the same company. The NBA? Yeah, there you go. Okay. Um, no, like, it was supposed to work for Boston and Kyrie and it didn't. So now let's combine the two weirdest personalities in the NBA into the same locker room 
oh yeah, and the one of them isn't going to play for a year. I want them to sign JaVale McGee so bad it hurts. Mm. I want JaVale McGee in that locker room. I mean, while we're at it, let's put Carmelo in there. Come on. Let's get funky. <laughs> no, I mean, but I guess at the end of the day, um, it's exciting for Brooklyn. Um, I'm kind of happy for them just because I really like Kenny Atkinson. He's got one more year left on his deal, so um, I'm glad the casual NBA... I tweeted this out. I'm glad the casual NBA fan will now know who Kenny Atkinson is because I think he's a good coach and deserves to be you know, better well-known than what he has been. Sure. He's going to be well-known now because they're going to try to fire him three weeks in. <laughs> so it always happens on these super teams. They try to fire the coach almost immediately. Um, I guess for their roster right now, and you might have a little bit uh, of a better idea. Is, is, yeah, is Joe Harris the guy that has to go? They don't have to trade anybody. Well, no. I'm, just, I'm just curious because they also got Garrett Temple. They did for $5 million a year, which is a bargain. And... You know, there were those reports a few weeks ago about how they were interested in possibly like trading Joe Harris. If I'm going to make I, this, this is just me making an assumption. I assume that was tied to DeAndre Jordan when Kyrie and Kevin took pay cuts. Mm-hmm. I think that solved that problem because Joe Harris makes almost nine million dollars. DeAndre Jordan got ten a year. Yeah, I assume that was them trying to facilitate getting Kyrie, Kevin, both the max and DeAndre Jordan at ten. Now that Kyrie and Kevin have taken that off the table for him, I don't know if they're going to be looking to move Joe Harris anymore. Okay, that's just my assumption. Good shooter, not a very good postseason player. He's not going to play for the Thunder. I'll go. I'm sorry, maybe I missed your hint. He's not going to play for the Thunder. Oh, I'm going to go ahead and clear that up right there, now. I forgive me. There was no hint there. Necessary. Okay. Anyone out there praying for that to happen? I'm very sorry. Also, do you know Darren Williams is still getting paid by the Brooklyn Nets? Did you know Kyle Singler still getting out just south of a million dollars from the Thunder? Yes, I knew that. That one feels next, a little bit more recent. Next, what two or three years? Yeah. Isn't Detroit still playing Josh Smith? Oh. Ooh, yeah, let's just deep dive into some terrible contracts. <laughs> All right, I got sorry, now I gotta look this up. Yeah, I think I think that's I Well speaking of terrible contracts, I'll make this little uh while you're looking. Um John Wall, he has a bad contract. He plays for the Washington Wizards. Oh, what did the Wizards just do? They Oh well Josh Smith is their sixth highest paid player for this year. <laughs> uh, he gets paid this year and next year. Shout out Jerry Ramsey. <laughs> what a disaster. Um, really quick, Tomas, what, Sadoransky? Tomas Sadoransky. Chicago, man. There you go. And uh, everyone's favorite, Thad Young. Eh, it's okay. They're both fine. I told you, our, we, we are building our peak existence. Everything hits in the right. Lori becomes his peak Lori. Wendell Carter's incredible at his very peak Wendell Carter. Zach Levine, Kobe White gets it figured out, Thomas Adoransky, Thaddeus Young, everyone at the peak of their powers will win 47 games. It's going to blow your mind. This has been your Chicago Bulls Minute. It's their whole plan. Their whole plan is to win somewhere between 42 and 47 games. It could happen. That That's all they want to do. We want as many average players as possible. Uh, okay. So, uh, yeah, the Nets are going to be interesting for a whole lot of different reasons. I assume they're just about done. Um, with the summer, they're basically like taking a calendar year off, though. Like this next season doesn't matter. Yeah, it could. It could it's a be, punt. It could be a good thing. It could be a bad thing, just because of those personalities that are proven. You're to giving be, Kyrie a full year to get yeah, disgruntled. Yeah, they're reactionary and emotional, and that's not an opinion. Those those are observations that everyone has seen. So it could work. It could not. So uh, Brooklyn has cool jerseys, so at least we'll get to see those a little bit more. Yay. Yep. All right. Uh, tying into that, D'Angelo Russell went to the team that we all predicted at the start of free agency, the Golden State. Sorry, no. Uh, D'Angelo Russell went to the freaking Golden State Warriors last night. And that happened late. Um, whenever I saw the initial Golden State is looking to perform a sign-in trade to receive D'Angelo Russell. So nice of Kevin, by the way. I thought, <laughs> I th- when I saw that, I go, so wait, is Kevin getting a fifth year? Is that what's happening? No, he's only getting the four years still. Okay, so he's not getting anything. Uh, And then it was more, well, this is less to do about Kevin and more about Brooklyn trying to do right by D'Angelo Russell. Mm -hmm. Whatever. It's fine. (laughs) Why is Brooklyn, why? I just don't understand why they would try to help. But then, of course, everyone's freaking out. And I'm like, well, they're going to have to trade somebody. They're going to have to trade Andre Iguodala or Draymond Green. So we all assume it's Andre Iguodala. So then they shift, ship off. A cornerstone leadership locker room 
guy. And they just ship him to Memphis. Go figure it out, buddy. Yep. Which is probably why Iggy was on that uh, what the Breakfast Club that radio show. Oh yeah, he he. That's, uh, that's why he spilled the beans. He knew what was going. He knew his time was up. He's like, yeah, I might as well just uh, let the skeletons yeah. out the closet. For those of you who don't know, Andre Iguodala on the Breakfast Club, which is a radio show in New York City, it's very famous. Uh, said that he was misdiagnosed by the Golden State doctors a few years ago, um, and that they have a problem with that. Which man, that happens a lot in this league. And you know, we cover a team that has misdiagnosed a lot of things. Oh, the has, Thunder medical staff is the biggest what-up for me by miles. Tyson Chandler. Tyson Chandler, then the death of Serge Ibaka, immediately followed by the resurrection of Serge Ibaka. <laughs> yeah. uh, Kevin Durant's foot. Like, Please send sin flowers. And, and <laughs> he died. He literally died. And then he rose again and <laughs> dropped like 25 on the Spurs in yes. Game 3. Uh, so D'Angelo Russell to Golden State, what are your thoughts? Um, I mean, good for Golden State to basically do the opposite of what the Thunder had to go through. You know, Kevin Durant walked out the door and the Thunder got nothing. Luckily for the Thunder, they had Russell Westbrook to fall back on as a plan B. And they've, you know, they haven't been as successful as Thunder fans want, but they've had success. You know, it could be worse. It could be like Cleveland when LeBron left. Um... Basketball-wise, fit-wise, I, I guess it makes sense this year's a stopgap between uh, before Clay Thompson comes back. Um, I had a friend in one of my group chats, and I told you off-air, but I'll say it. Uh, one, one friend in my group chat had a hot take. Yeah, Golden State's doing this because um, they know Steph Curry isn't a top-five point guard. He needs to play off the ball. So bring in D'Angelo Russell. Woof. <laughs> but um, when, if, they all, if Clay comes back, all three of them on the floor, I, I don't see it. I, I'm sure I'm going to give Golden State the benefit of the doubt that they're going to make it work because they have a proven system. And if D'Angelo buys in, which he bought into Brooklyn, then no reason to believe that he wouldn't. Um, I'm sure it's going to work just as it stands right now. I don't see it, but I'm sure it's going to be fun to watch. They're going to be a fun 6-7, possibly a fifth seed in the West. Uh, I get it for the short term. It's a four-year deal. I saw a whole lot of people were like, oh, well, you know, Golden State's losing talent, so they just need to acquire more talent. I, I guess I can get behind that. It's just, does Clay play the three? Does D'Angelo play the three? Does Steph move to the two and Clay play the three? Like, what? What is the long-term plan for what yeah, that, that yeah. core is? I don't... Because, again, it's not just like it's a stopgap for the Clay missing a year. Well, does it... Does it There's three think, years after that. Do you think it increases their ceiling because... There, you can't really think of the long term at this point because, like Steph and Clay, and even if you want to throw Draymond in here, because you know D'Angelo kind of takes away, <clears throat> excuse me, takes away Draymond Green getting a max right next season. I didn't even think about that. I think, um, I think that takes it away. But um, like my point is, like these guys have played so many games over the last five years to just sit there and say, well, let, let's still be good in 10 years. Like, no, your window is closing. Like, you still have Steph and Clay and Draymond. That's that's a proven championship uh, core. You add D'Angelo Russell to that, it has to increase your ceiling. And with how good the West is going to be, you know, and all this is hypothetical because we've seen teams, like, acquire talent and they suck. You know, so they still got to go out there and prove it. But on paper, the West is a gauntlet more so than it was even last the last two years so i think d'angelo increases their ceiling in the short term which is probably all golden state needs to worry about at this point yeah uh look they're trading this next coming season clay thompson andre Godala, and kevin durant for d'angelo russell that's a net negative but if you think about it in the grand scheme of they were gonna lose kevin for nothing but so they just traded andre Godala for d'angelo russell d'angelo russell is going to be 24 Four coming into this next year, young player has some value. I mean, it's about as good as you're gonna do. Yeah. Um, so they're gonna stay relevant. I don't see the long term picture of what this looks like. I still think they're gonna stink next year because I think even for the for twenty games, they're gonna have to figure out how Steph and D'Angelo are gonna play next to each other. Yeah. So let's say they go ten and ten or twelve and eight. Their defense is going to be. It's going to be very bad. It's going to be bad. It's going to be bad without you, you, Clay. No Iggy, no Clay. Like, that's their perimeter defense. I don't know who's starting a small forward now that Iggy's not there. I have yeah, no clue. And no more. Like, well, actually, they're kind of strapped. Absolutely. They're, they're hard capped. Yeah, they're. They're hard capped at 138. Yep. Um, 
And so, God, they have nothing to really. I mean, they're going they're going to do vet vet minimums, exceptions, and things like that to fill. The, I mean, they're just not going to be good next year. And like I know they have D'Angelo Russell, and they have Steph Curry, and they're the Golden State Warriors. So I could very easily be proven wrong. I don't see how they're 500 when Clay comes back. Oh, I. They're they're way too proven. Like Steph is a pro- he's an MVP. Like I, I mean, what did did everybody? Who bar- are the two did, other starters? Did everybody bury the Thunder when Kevin Durant left? And it's like yeah, they had Victor Oladipo, but even at the time, that wasn't current Victor Oladipo. Okay, so they're starting Steph, D'Angelo Russell, Draymond Green, and Draymond Green, Damian Jones is their center. Jo- what about Jordan Bell? Understood. He's a restricted free agent, so it's not guaranteed he comes back. Yeah. Well, Here, how about this? They're, they're, they're going to be able to find a center at the minimum. There's going to be a lot of centers there. Nerlens Noel. <laughs> Shout out to Nerlens. <laughs> hey, Nerlens, you fit in kind of nice. Nerlens is fitting great. Man, Thunder fans just turn this podcast off. <laughs> Nerlens are fitting great. I, I just, I maybe I shouldn't say that until I see what the rest of the roster looks like. But right now, you just want to be hot take guy. It's okay. No, I'm just saying like, right now. With it, when Clay comes back, it's totally different. I'm just talking about just next season, the next 82 games. I understand they have D'Angelo Russell, and I am a D'Angelo Russell fan. I'm just skeptical of the fit. Yeah, I mean that's. I think that's I'm fair. Real ske- I think it's fair. They're not going to have a whole lot of money to spend a whole lot of places. So they're going to. I'm just. I guess I'm. I'm just giving Golden State the benefit of the doubt more so than I'm like willing to say. Yeah, I don't well, see the I, fit. And we're going to talk about this later. But I also think, holy hell, the West is just incredible. There's only two teams that I look and go, yet you're not making the playoffs. And even one of those teams, they finally, finally got a point guard. The Phoenix Suns, congratulations, got Ricky Rubio. Yeah, good for them. All Here right, goes. Jimmy Butler's going to Miami. I'm going to go get a bottle of water. Yay! yay. <laughs> take a dump. I'll come back in about 10 minutes let you do things. Look, um, I've had my... You can pi- talk about Jimmy, and I'll talk about Philly, and we'll kind of do both at once. I've had my opinions about Jimmy Butler over the years. Um, now, you're his, now you bought a jersey. Well, I'll, I'll get to that. I've had my opinions about Jimmy Butler over the years. Um of a lot of things, of a lot of those opinions, he is a hard ass worker. Like he works his ass off, and maybe to the detriment of not only him but to the locker room. Um, I think the fit with Pat Riley. I think that's the personality that Pat Riley loves. So I think they, those two could potentially hit it off, and you know, build something kind of nice down in South Beach. Uh, especially if they're able to. I mean, the Heat just shipped off Hassan Whiteside. They kept Goran Dragic. Uh, who was really good, and Thunder fans should remember when he hit every single three-pointer off the bench in when, uh, that game in Oklahoma City this past year. Um, so, of course, you know, me growing up a Heat fan, it's exciting. Also, with no more Dwayne Wade, like, there just has to be a star in South Beach. There just has to be. Uh, like, ever since I've watched the Heat, except for one year, the uh, 2002-2003 season, where it was like the Eddie Jones, uh, Karan Butler as a rookie, um... I, th- I don't think Alonzo Lonzo Morning wasn't on the team at that time. Like that's when he was with the Nets for that random stint. Um, that's the only time that the Heat have not really had a star, and then they drafted Dwayne Wade. You know, have had him for X amount of years. So, um, yeah, I'm excited. Like I, I don't know how it's gonna work, but Pat Riley is a really good GM, and so the Heat fan in me is really excited. You can talk about Philly now. That's all you got. Yeah, I'm just exci- I'm excited, man. Here's my only thought with Jimmy Butler is that his I just want to win, I just want to win, I just I'm a, I'm an I'm an a hole because I want to win. I'm a winner, and Pat Riley Anything will love I that. Anything I can do to win, Pat Riley will love that. So you're telling me Jimmy Butler looked at the landscape of the NBA and said, "All I want to do is win. It's all I want, and I'm, get paid. I'm a winner." And, get and now we're getting closer. <laughs> now we're getting closer to the heart of the issue. Hey, you just, can't, you just can't tell me that he looked at everything and said, "Where do I have the best chance to win with James Jones and Goran Dragic?" Well, Austin Rivers agrees to two-year deal with the Houston Rockets. Yawn. Um, I I don't know how much you should you should buy into like the the reports of like he was really taken aback by the whole Dwayne Wade like send off like him and Dwayne that's are, such hogwash I mean I, I know it, it's kind of it's kind of like do you know who did that too Dirk Nowitzki it's it's window Dirk dressing. Nowitzki and Dallas did that too yeah it's window dressing but for Jesus Christ the Oklahoma City Thunder retired Nick Collison's jersey if he needed anyone to be an example of how to treat an irrelevant player he should have signed with the Thunder <laughs> because God knows they set that standard as low as anybody in the league. <laughs> 
<laughs> so I hate that stupid Dwayne Wade. That's not me railing. I am railing on Oklahoma City for retiring next jersey. But that stupid Dwayne Wade story is just ignorant. It's just ignorant. Well, it's out there. It's ignorant. <laughs> Homeboy, you wanted to get paid. Philly didn't want to pay you. It's about the dollars and cents, not the wins and losses. Which and for which Philly, is fine, but don't sell me a bill of goods. Which for Philly, and I guess we can segue through this. I mean, uh, Philly being the mystery team for Al Horford, you know, losing Jimmy Butler. My favorite part of the day is when for about half hour, everyone thought the mystery team was the Sacramento Kings. Or the... Well, that, that that was a thing for like 10 minutes, and then there was... That a, was my favorite There was minutes. a report that were like, oh yeah, well the Kings are like fully aware that he's going to go somewhere else. That was my favorite <laughs> 10 minutes. It was like, oh my God, the Sacramento kept a secret. I could have. <laughs> oh my God. Vladdy. Vladdy's doing something smart. I and then Tim and go, oh yeah, yeah, no, he's still an idiot. We forgot. I should have tweeted like the Thunder are interested in potentially landing Al Horford, but they're, under, they're of the understanding that he'll probably go somewhere else. I would have got like a thousand retweets and, you know, I would have been a little bit more important. Philly's fun. Here's why Philly's fun. They're massive. They're just huge humans. Josh Richardson is... And they kept the three-regional manager. Josh Richardson is <laughs> just <laughs> 70% of Jimmy Butler? Uh, 70% I feel like is a good number. I think he's a good two-way player. Yeah. And, you know... He, Why is Jimmy Butler special? Well, that other 30% that Josh Richardson's missing. Yeah. Um, I like jo- I, mean, I like Josh Richardson. Um, obviously, he's from Edmond, Oklahoma. So that was kind of cool to have a Oklahoma... Is he? No one ever talks about on that. My, uh, on my favorite team. Um, I think... You know, even having said that, I think Miami was just kind of a bad situation for him just because that roster was so, you know, for the last few years, I don't know really what Pat Riley's been doing. And if it's been building up to this offseason, then kudos. But in terms of like... His big plan was 31-year-old Jimmy Butler or Goran Dragic? Hey, they get somebody else. Who knows? Um, They did. They got both hard I just feel feel like um, it was just a bad, bad place to be if you were a young developing talent. Philly's going to be a better spot for uh, Richardson, and I think you know a lot of casual NBA fans that haven't really even watched him, they're gonna be like, "Who's this guy?" Oh, Josh he, Richardson's good. And Thunder fans who may not be as familiar with him, are like, "Man, I wish we had Josh Richardson." Yeah, he's twenty-five. He's that, he's that type of player. He's twenty-five. He's got three more years on his deal, and his his is like Aaron Gordon's contract. It's declining. Yep. So the last year of his deal, he's gonna make an eleven million dollars, which is just outstanding. Um, he's a good player, and Philly is going to be fun because they're huge. Joel Embiid, Al Horford, Tobias Harris is your starting f- front court. Is just they still have a depth problem. Massive. I don't think so. I think I talked about Matthias Thybul coming off the bench, who I didn't like for the Thunder, but being the ninth man of Philly is fine. Yeah, Mike Scott comes back. I love. I love. T.J. McConnell is going to come back. They have Zaire Smith, who they drafted last year. They've got guys. I'm not saying it's a great bench. I'm just saying they've got guys. Well, just like just like with the Thunder, how no matter what the Thunder do on the fringes of their roster, it really only comes down to Russell. Like, what can can Russell not make it personal in the playoffs? Can he understand time and place? Can he do that? If he can do that, then the Thunder can potentially go further. And you're saying if just like Thibel does the same. No, thing. just like with Philly though, all it all this doesn't mean anything if Joel Embiid is still out of shape in the second round and gasping for air and half-assing it on the perimeter and sh- shooting because he's tired. I've also decided that I think Philly should go in the next year and for 22 games, they should play their real starting lineup. For 20 games, Al Horford for sh- sh- should sit. For 20 games, Joel Embiid should sit. Should, I keep saying the wrong word. Should sit. And for 20 games, Tobias Harris should sit. Those guys should play 62 games this upcoming year. And they should just do the Toronto Raptors rest rotation, but with their front court. And just go into the playoffs as healthy as healthy could be. I think that's what I would do. Yeah. Because they've never... This is going to be the first year... God love Boban. This is going to be the first year that the backup center is Al Horford. Like, mm-hmm. Al, like when Joel sits, they're going to be fine. Yeah. Yeah, I mean that 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 is true. You can have lineups, of course, that don't have both of them on the floor, and, and especially in the playoffs, and whole you're, you're going to want to stagger those two. Yeah, you could go you could go regular season games I, with Joel Embiid sitting and you being okay. I still like there's so many Thunder comparisons because you've got you know you lose JJ Redick, so you lose his shooting. Um, so now to like one of your guys that chucks up a lot of shots is not a good three point shooter in Joel Embiid, and then the other guy that touches the ball a ton 
doesn't shoot at all. So like, I think I, I don't know. Philly, their offense has been puzzling from a strategy standpoint for a few years. Yeah, Brett Brown is on the clock. I mean, if he wasn't already, like he's yeah. on the clock right now. Yeah. So I mean, their offensive strategy has been puzzling. I assume now because Al Horford is a good three point shooter, Josh Richardson is a good three point shooter, Tobias Harris is a good three point shooter, Mike Scott is a good three point shooter, Zaire Smith is projected to be a good three point shooter. I think there is the. Ben's going to handle the ball, Joel's going to set the pick, and everyone else can spread the floor and create off of that. Yeah. That they just haven't had that before because Jimmy wasn't quite good enough to really spread out the, the offense as far as they were trying to. But it's exciting. I think Philly's exciting. Now, Philly fans are like Chris Ryan from The Ringer is like, this team is better than last year. I'm going to pump the brakes a little bit. I don't know. It could be. And I, I like Al Horford. I like that addition. Because basically they traded Jimmy Butler for Al Horford and Josh Richardson. That feels like a win. Yeah. But they are huge, which I was just talking about as a positive. That could also work bad. I mean, once if we find out, oh, Joel Embiid and Al Horford can't be on the floor at the same time. They're two massive people who are just aren't complimentary. Yeah, and especially when you think about the East. Uh, I mean, if, if Kawhi stays in Toronto, I mean, then obviously Toronto's the favorite. And then you get down into like the Phillies, and then if Victor Oladipo comes back, Indiana is going to be—they're going to be a player in the East. Um, Boston, even though they lost Kyrie and Al Horford, um, Terry Rozier as well—I mean, they're still going to be a player just from a talent standpoint. And I guess you can find—and we haven't even talked about Milwaukee. Uh, Milwaukee retained most of their guys except for Malcolm Brogdon. Um, it's the East is finally—you know—they've never had a problem with having like a high-end good team. It was always like the, the middle tier down to the bottom. So maybe the East is going to be tough. Um, and I guess from a physical standpoint, Philly can match up with that. But once you get into the postseason, that's when like, yeah, our big, big lineups, they're tired. They're a little bit slow now. Like the second round gets gets more yeah. tiring. The third round gets more tiring. So um, I'm interested to see how it works because I do like Al Horford better on the on Sixers than I do Jimmy Butler on the Sixers. Yeah. I, I Initially, I agree with you. I like the, it, like, it's like the Baltimore Ravens in the NFL. Everyone in the NFL is like, we're going to throw the ball 60 times. Yeah. And the Ravens are like, we're going to throw the ball six times. Like, they're zigging when everyone else is zagging. <laughs> Philly's getting huge when everyone else is getting small. It's just fun. It's a fun thought process all the way around. All right. Um, we're going to go through now, and we're going to do some quick hits here. I'm basically going to read you the player, the contract they signed. We're going to go quick reactions. We're going to try to do as many as possible in 14 minutes. That's our goal. Let's do it. Chris Porzingis signed the five-year max deal, $158 million, uh, with the Dallas Mavericks. His extension is official. This is also the guy who allegedly was going to take the qualifying offer, and then he saw how much money. He goes, oh, yeah, just kidding. I'm going to take the full max. <laughs> Um, if he's healthy, man, Dallas is going to be good for the next few years. They are. They are. Uh, I'm a little disappointed with Dallas's free agency in general, the fact that they didn't come home with anybody because they had max space. And they got you know Seth Curry and a handful of other guys. I, th- I thought maybe they could hook a big fish. Um, all right, Harrison Barnes stays in Sacramento, four years, $85 million. It's declining annually, so it's kind of like the Aaron Gordon, Josh Richardson deal where he's going to make the most money this upcoming season. It's going to get cheaper as time goes by. Uh, shout out to my boy Caleb Cagoose, uh, Kings fan. It's heck of a name. Um, well, it's his his last name is actually Coose, but uh, it's an inside joke. Okay. Um, <laughs> um, I guess we'll get. Can we just get to the Dwayne Dedman thing? Because that's one of my favorite under the radar. Okay, fire, fire away, Dwayne. I Dedman. love Dwayne. I love Dwayne Dedman. Um, he would. He is the center that Thunder fans want. He's that type of player. Um, he can stretch the floor. He's a thirty-seven percent three-point shooter. Um, from the Spurs, from the Hawks. Um, he can do some things defensively. He can move to the perimeter. I like what he can do. I think he fits in really nice with Sacramento. And yes, Sacramento is still probably going to be like trying to still get into the playoffs at this point. And that's just because the West is so damn good. Sacramento is going to be a better team, and especially if their guys take the next leap. Like they're going to be a they're they've been a league pass team for the last two years. They're going to continue to be a league pass team. So shout out to the Kings. They finally. They lucked their, they accidentally stumbled into having a good team. They are going to be fine. They're going to be good. 
Trevor Reza too. So, but who yeah. knows? Who knows where he's at at this point in his career? All right, Clay. If he's anything like Washington, Trevor Reza, he's done. Uh, Clay Thompson signs the uh, max extension with the Golden State Warriors, which was totally expected. Uh, so, not a whole lot there. Kimba Walker goes to Boston. We talked about this a little bit last week. Any big shock, shocker thoughts that you have there? Boston's still looking for a center. I mean, the idea is you get the talent of Kyrie Irving, where you know Kimba is a different type of player, but he's you know in that tier of talented player in the NBA. You get that, but you you subtract the headache in the locker room because of the weirdness, whatever it is with Kyrie. So if that works out, then Boston could potentially be a a harder working you know work their ass off team. And if that's the case, then you know it'll work out. Nikola Vucevic stays with Orlando for four years, a hundred million. Um, this is also something we knew before free agency started. Dwight Powell, three years, 33 with Dallas. Jonas Valanciunas stuck around in Memphis, three years, 45. Good on Memphis. Damian Lillard got his Supermax, four years, 196. Brooke Lopez stuck around Milwaukee. You talked about that a little bit. The number of years shocked me on this one. Four years, 52 yeah. million. Yeah, that was, um, I thought it best to be like a two-year thing. Me too. Um, Milwaukee just... I said it on the show last night. It's on the podcast, too. So apologies to our listeners that I'm repeating myself. But um, I'm just kind of interested in your take. Milwaukee was just – they were just in a position where they had to. Like, they, they could not let multiple guys go from a team that was a few plays away from potentially going to a finals, especially when Giannis wins the MVP. He's still developing. If he could take that next step, um, Milwaukee's going to be a player in the NBA for the next few years to come. So they were just in a position where they they just could not. They couldn't let uh, Brooke Lopez go. They couldn't let uh, George Hill, even George Hill, go. They couldn't let um, who, who I can't. I'm just blanking on it. Um, oh, Chris Middleton. Like that's that's a guy that you were like, is he a max player? No. From Milwaukee, he is. Like yeah. Like th- that's a contract that you should not scoff at. And understandably, people will, but. For Milwaukee, he's like Tobias Harris's deal. Yeah, you just can't you can't walk away from that. Yeah, uh, Garrett Temple. This is my favorite cheap signing of the day. Garrett Temple signs for two years, nine point eight million with the Brooklyn Nets. I love Garrett Temple. I think he's sneaky good. It's a cool name. Uh, DeAndre Jordan. We talked about Dwayne Dedman. You mentioned Terry Rozier. This is the most shocking contract. Charlotte got a third string point guard. Yeah, Terry Rozier signs for three years, fifty eight million. Uh, here's why it's puzzling. Charlotte didn't want to sign Kimball Walker because they didn't want to keep paying the tax. Yeah. So you assume that means they're just not going to sign anybody, start cutting costs, and try to get creative. Well, they, they didn't. JK, we're just going to sign Terry Rogier and still pay the tax, just not be as good. <laughs> Michael Jordan, man. The goat on the floor, not so much in the front office. I, they, that, is, that is so lost on me. All right, Rudy Gay signs with the... Uh, San Antonio Spurs for two more years, thirty-two million, sixteen per. It's a lot for Rudy Gay. Sure, I mean that feels high. <laughs> uh, you mentioned Milwaukee uh, getting Chris Middleton to stick around at the five-year max, one seventy-eight. JJ Redick, this one took me a little off guard. Yeah, going to New Orleans, two years at thirty. No, sorry, twenty-six point five million. I mean, just go ahead and give David Griffin the uh, executive of the year because it's it's a foregone conclusion at this point. We said the same thing whenever Sam Presti got Paul George or Carmelo Anthony. Yeah, I think Carmelo aged like milk. Yeah, I'm just saying. <laughs> this it, it looks all great on paper. It could go. It, it, I I just you're right. You're I always right. put the brakes a little bit on crowning chief achievements before they actually achieve anything. Uh, but JJ Redick is a good fit for them. I just JJ has been so publicly about like I want to be in Brooklyn, I want to be in Philadelphia, I want to be in Los Angeles. Like, so those gonna, are where I want to live. Now I want some. Now, gumbo. Like, now I want some Cajun food. Hell yeah. Who doesn't want Cajun food? That's true. Uh, all right. Thaddeus Young signed with my Chicago Bulls. Three years, $41 million. <laughs> uh, Is he a backup? Is he starting over Lori? What's the plan? It's just... Absolutely not. Der- I hope. <laughs> Derek Rose is uh, signing in Detroit for two years for $15 million. Jerry Ramsey also excited about this if it was 2011. <laughs> Gerald Green re-signed with Houston for one year on the minimum deal. Terrence Ross stuck around in Orlando. They're like... Bound and determined to stay in the eighth seed. Yeah, that that was a little sh- four years, fifty four million. Was he restricted? No, that was a little shocking. I thought Terrence would have got a big deal somewhere else. Oh yeah, he's I, he's I, a six he man- struck me as one of those guys who's like, okay, now I'm gonna go try to win some games. He's a six man of the year candidate if he wants to play for its c- contender off the bench, or he can go start somewhere. He's he's a good player. He can get buckets. 
Uh, Trevor Ariza signs a two-year, $25 million deal with the Sacramento Kings. Uh, the second year of that deal is actually only partially guaranteed, kind of like J.R. Smith's is this year. Um, so that sounds like he's going to be there a while, but in reality, it, it's not a guarantee that he will be. Um, Alfred Aminu left Portland and joined the Orlando Magic again. They're like, well, we don't care how much it costs. We are getting the AC. Spare no expense. <laughs> Spare no ex- expense to get the AC. So Alfred Gamino gets a three-year, $29.2 million deal. Uh, I don't know. I assume that one's not moving the needle for you. That's neat. Uh, Houston signed Daniel House, three years, $11 million. They are very excited about that. That's a good That's a good bargain. Daryl Morey is going to let you know how excited he is. It's a league-altering move. <laughs> uh, Ricky Rubio finally... Fulfills the prophecy. He gives Phoenix a point guard three years, $51 million. This one came out of left field. A lot of people had Ricky going to Indiana. Yeah. And that one changed at the last minute. If, uh, Indiana fans were really happy about how this all played out. Yeah, I'm sure. <laughs> Jeremy Lamb, speaking of Indiana, found, found his way yeah. to becoming a Pacer. Three yeah. years, $31 million. Pacers, man, they're, they're going to be good. Three even years, though, 31 Even though they lost uh, old Bojan. I don't know. See, I'm, I'm not as high on the paces as you, are, as you are. All right, speaking of Boyan Bogdanovich, he makes his way to Utah. Four years, $73 million. The potential of that Jazz roster. Oh, it's up there. It's up there. Mike uh, Conley, although, Donovan Mitchell, Joe Ingles, Boyan Bogdanovich, Rudy Gobert. Speaking of Boyan, though, like this is in play. Boyan was the second option in in Indiana, right? Especially after Vic went down. Well, he's the number one option after Vic went down. Yeah. I remember um, watching fourth quarters where they're force feeding him the ball, and I'm going, wait. He's now going to be probably the fourth on most nights. Right. And there might even be some games with how Utah runs their offense. There might even be some games where he barely gets any shots. How does he How does he like that? We'll see. Yeah. To be continued. I think... These things happen. Utah went from a team that when we watched them play Houston, it's like, good Lord, can anyone create anything besides Donovan Mitchell? To, like, to, oh, oh my God. Mike Conley can get a shot. <laughs> Boy, Donovich can get a shot. D- Donovan Mitchell is Donovan still... Mitchell. <laughs> yeah, Donovan Mitchell is still on the team. Malcolm <laughs> Brogdon, this one a little bit of a shocker, uh, finds his way to Indiana on a sign-in trade. Four years, $85 million. <sighs> a lot of money that's a lot of money but 21 million is about what we all expected and i i get it malcolm brogdon though i'm he's not this is gonna be his first contract after his rookie deal he's not 24 like we're used to 27 20 i I thought he was because he was going to be 28 before the year started virginia so he's he's up there he's gonna be 27 when the year starts yeah Uh. so i mean he's he's an older player um so kind of he's gonna have the cam johnson syndrome Oh. His rookie deals up. He goes 28 years old. Uh, and here you go. Your favorite player, Thomas Bryant, resigns with Washington. <laughs> Rodney Hood stuck around in Portland. Shocking, actually. That is shocking. That that uh, I mean, Portland. That obviously, we reacted to the Hassan Whiteside thing. Um, okay, that's nothing important. Uh, we reacted. Big Troy Daniels. <laughs> Hassan Whiteside going to Portland. Um, Kent Bazemore was supposed to be their insurance policy, um, assuming Rodney Hood would walk. Right. And now they have both of them. So now so they have, that's probably why they ended up moving Mo. Yeah. So now they have a guy in Rodney Hood who had won, who won them a game in the playoffs last year, and Kent Bazemore, who some people are kind of like iffy on him. I've always liked him. I think if you put him in a better culture and a better system, like with Portland, um, you're going to see a really good player in Portland. You know, we talk about Utah, we talk about the Lakers, uh, the Kings, the um, Pelicans, rightfully so. Portland is just doing some sneaky, silent stuff that are making them even that much better. A team that went to the Western Conference Finals. Without looking, the only my, their starting five of Dame, CJ, I assume is going to be uh, Rodney Hood and I, Kent Bazemore, yeah, and Hassan Whiteside. That starting five is fun. Yeah, I just but now like Evan Turner's gone, Seth Curry's gone. Who's coming off the bench? Would be my only concern. Uh, um, Evan Turner. Yep. Here, here's piece. how bad here's how bad uh, that is the thunders you could probably make an argument the thunders bench outplayed the portland's bench yep <laughs> tobias harrison five years 180 with boston that's a whole lot of money but on a pop, tobias is 26 like he's on the same he's one year older than joel Embiid. he's on the same timeline there's no player option at the end of this this is just a straight five year 180 no team options no player options no no trade clauses it is just a contract which I think is good for Philly. But they probably overpaid, but they kind of had to. Mike Scott also stays with Philly two years, 9.8. Damari Carroll, this one, I didn't even see it happen. 
Yeah. Like, I just saw this on a list later, and you, I go, wait, you know, when did this happen? People are already doing, like, the, the rankings in the West, or, like, who's going to get left out, and um, the Spurs are, like, the one team that, like, I, I cannot not say that the Spurs aren't going to make the playoffs, because they, they always do. So until they don't make the playoffs, I'm not going to predict it, but the West is a gauntlet, obviously. The Thunder, like, are the Spurs... Are the Spurs better than the Thunder? Uh, have you seen DeJounte Murray play? Yeah. I'm kidding. <laughs> I'm kidding. No one has. No one watches the Spurs. Uh, but yeah, but Demore Carroll, two years, $13 million with the Spurs. That was a little bit out of left field. Uh, this one, this sheet I'm looking at has New Orleans Noel listed with Oklahoma City. That is incorrect. Uh, Julius Randle found his way to New York. This is their big free agent signing. Shout out to the Knicks. Three years, $63 million with the team option for the third year. Uh, the Knicks came out and said, we're sorry, we know everyone's disappointed, but don't worry, we've got big plans for the summer of 2021. They said that! <laughs> That's two years from now! <laughs> Is that Giannis? Yes. Oh, good God. That's Giannis, it's Bradley Beal, Stop. it's Rudy Gobert. Don't. It's a great free agency class, but if you're having to say, guys, don't panic. In two years, we feel like we have a hell of a case to get somebody. They're, they're like a dude that that owes you money and is like, dude, I'll, I'll give you more money like next week. I promise. I, I get. Gosh, I'm getting a raise. It's happening. They wear me out. Please don't cut me some slack. I don't know if you mentioned this with Milwaukee earlier, but George Hill resigned with Milwaukee. I thought that was a great deal for the Bucks, especially losing Brogdon. Uh, three years, twenty nine million, pricey. But they, I mean, once you lose Brogdon, they really had no choices. Hmm. Um, Jimmy Butler is going to Miami, which we spoke about. Taj Gibson is also going to New York on a two-year, $20 million deal. You know, la- we laughed at the Knicks, but they've got a roster that of some nice vets. They've got some nice vets, and I don't think I don't think they really have any guys that will... They ham- haven't signed a guard yet. Yeah. Or, or a swingman. They, and, all they've and, signed is bigs. And that could ruin what I'm about to say. What they have right now, they don't, they don't have guys that will hamper the... Imp- development of rj barrett or kevin knox like we don't know what those guys are we don't know what they're going to be maybe they're maybe they could be something it's it's not like the knicks went after like guys overpaid for like some names that would hamper that development so i guess at the end of the day you can be optimistic about that i guess i mean still it sucks i'm trying to figure out there's four guys who they have signed uh it, but they 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 signed four players in this offseason so far they're all either sinners or uh, power forwards. Uh, JK, they just signed Wayne Ellington to a two-year, $16 million deal. Shout out Wayne Ellington getting paid. Former Almost Thunder player Wayne Ellington. Former Almost Thunder. Ed Davis went to Utah to be Rudy Gobert's backup on a two-year, $10 million deal. That's a great signing. So good. That's a great signing. Ed Davis, sneaky good. Mike Muscala comes to Oklahoma City. But those details still haven't been released. Mario Hazonia went to Portland. I forgot Two years, about 3. that, 7. and I remember looking at that going, wow, that's that's nice. That's a good boost on their bench. You remember when Hazonia played point guard for the Knicks this year? Yeah. <laughs> remember when he sunned LeBron James? Yeah, if, if Hazonia can be, play 12 minutes and be meaningful, yeah. like, that's a great bench player. Yeah. I just, not positive that's going to happen he's because had seen some, a lot of Hazonia. He's had nice stance everywhere he's gone. Absolutely, absolutely, but it's just been very inconsistent. But So hopefully Hazonia works out. Um, and Robin Lopez is teaming up with his brother Brooke in Milwaukee. Lopez twins powers activated. Yep, two years, ten million. And that's most of everything that happened last night. Obviously, there were some signings that happened today that we didn't get to talk about. But that's it. Yeah, and it's July first. All right, we're gonna play a game real quick. I I didn't prep you for this at all, but impromptu. Let's, let's do it. Eight playoffs team, eight teams in the West next year. Who are they? Okay, this is going to be difficult. Um, yeah, it is. The West is so fun next season. Okay. Also, I'm going to... If Kawhi signs with the Clippers or yes. the Raptors, this is going to be my favorite season of the NBA Like going into it that I can remember. What Obviously, he, a lot of things can happen, but as far as like anticipation and excitement... What if it's the Lakers? Then it, then it just kind of has an inevitability feel a yeah. little bit again. Or we're all waiting for them to either combust or something. Yeah. Because if they're healthy, they're going to win. I don't want to know who wins. For Vogel to get I want, I want there to be 12 teams. So I go, man, if things break right, <laughs> this team can walk away with it. I want that so bad. Yeah. Uh, from the parody angle, yeah, you're exactly right. Um, all right. Okay, eight so, teams in the West. So, 
I would probably say at this point, and it's kind of weird because none of these rosters are finalized. Right. Um, I'm going to probably say Portland or Utah, number one. So Portland. So Portland or one or two. Portland, Utah. Uh, Lakers. Um, what we got here? Oh, man. This is hard. Yes. Denver. So hard. You're at four. Denver. Oh, my God. Uh, Lakers, Portland, Utah, Denver. I'll, I'll go ahead and say this. Pelicans are going to be an eight seed. Pelicans. Pelicans are... So, no, wait. For clarity, now for everybody at home, because you're not looking at the same computer that we are, he has three spots left. Golden State, Houston, the Thunder, the Spurs, the Clippers, the Kings, the Grizzlies, the Timberwolves, the Mavericks are all off, including the Suns, but the Suns don't exist. Three spots left. I'm going to probably have to say Golden State. Okay. Now get two spots left for Houston, Oklahoma City, the Spurs, the Clippers, the Kings, the Wolves, the Grizzlies, I know the Pelicans, I, and the Mavericks. I already said the Spurs, like, don't count them out because they've always made the playoffs. But I don't have to count them out right here because I'm, I got a gun to my head. Um, oh, my God. It's tough, isn't it? Yeah. Because the Thunder are a playoff team. The Clippers are a playoff team because they play their ass off. And they resign Patrick even, Beverly, yeah. Even if they don't get Kawhi Leonard, they're like, a playoff team. Now, maybe they've got everybody's attention, so I'm going to throw the Clippers off. Uh, Houston, OKC. Like, I, I just, I cannot not put them on. I just can't. Yeah, and so I... And maybe, you know, maybe Houston is the team that has the, the largest drop-off because their offseason has been such a bust. They're, they're not going to get Jimmy Butler now. Yeah, they're going to um, end up with Andre Iguodala, though. Uh, James Hart. I mean, even still, like, uh, Iggy, Iggy's a guy who could barely play. Like he's so old in the postseason, um, he's not going to help out Houston with their three-point shooting. So no, no, no. no. Um, and you know James Harden and Chris Paul hate each other apparently. So like, maybe Houston is the one team that is susceptible to the biggest drop-off uh, out of any playoff team from last year. The Thunder, they they just are what they are. They're a fifty-win team. Yeah, like they're they they've got enough talent to out talent, even with a lot of these teams getting more stars and more depth to their rosters. Like the Thunder still have top-end talent. Yeah, so in your situation, which again, I don't know if I necessarily disagree with, the Spurs, the Clippers, the Kings, who took a big step this year and got better, to your point, you love their signings. Yes. They got better. They're not going to make the playoffs. And Dallas, with Luka, everyone they signed, and Chris Dax coming back, are not going to make the playoffs. And again, I'm not saying it's wrong. My point is, there is 12 teams this year for eight spots. I think 12 teams deserve to be in the playoffs, and they're not going to make it. It's going to be a blast. And the Magic will make the playoffs in the East. <laughs> hey, 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 hey. They signed Terrence Ross. Terrence Ross. The in the boss. Western Conference, the only teams I know are not, gonna, are not going to make it are the Suns, the Grizzlies, the Timberwolves. Yep, I th- that's fair. Um, <laughs> yeah, and I, I guess with the Kings, like my only reservation with them, and like I've said it a handful of times how much I like their team, I guess like... And this isn't even a good reason. I'm gonna hate saying this, but like the whole cloud that's gonna be following. You hate Luke, Buddy Heald. No, come on now. The whole cloud that's going to um, fall over Luke Walton with that uncertainty. Um, yeah. And we've seen how much coaching has affected the Kings in the last few years. I mean, Dave Yeager pulled the rug out of a potential Buddy Heald buzzer beater against the Warriors because he said, "Stop shooting, even though you're good at it, and you just <laughs> hit that shot. Don't you do that again." And then Buddy Pump fake. I forgot about that. God. There's so many hilarious things. How dare you do that to my Buddy Heald. Yeah. So, it's going to be a wet and wild Western Conference next year. That, that's 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 a good adjective. Those I, are good adjectives. I'm pumped. I am absolutely pumped. Someone is going to be pissed off. Uh, well, like, my question would be, like, how quickly do Western Conference teams decide we're tanking? Trade? Blow it up? The Suns are tanking now. I think they admitted it. I think they. I think they put out a press release yesterday saying they're tanking. <laughs> I'm pretty sure. <laughs> Sherman tanks are rolling in. I, I think the Grizzlies are tanking in the regard to like we're just going to play all of our young guys. We'll figure it out. <laughs> Something will happen. But outside of that, I think Minnesota's going to come in next year trying to win games. Like I think they're going to try. Yeah. I don't know, man. I mean, like even Memphis. Memphis. Like if Memphis is going to play all their guys. They're going to play. I still think they're good enough. If their guys develop, like they're going to be a tough out. 
Oh, in three years, I think they're Sacramento right now. Like, I think they're just... Okay. Yeah, their trajectory is... Cr- I love Triple J, and they, I love John Morant. Like, I love have, what they've done. Are they still stuck with Chandler Parsons? I think they just have to keep him until he's dead. I'm vomiting in my mouth. All right. Man. I'm proud that we kept this right at an hour. Yeah, we did a good job. Kudos to everybody. Kudos to us. Kudos if you listened all the way through. Uh, but... Madison and Brady will be back on Wednesday with some great stuff here on the OKC82 podcast. Me and Brady will be again back on on uh, next Monday. So we make will, sure you. Uh, we will also be on the radio on July fifth. I forgot about that. Yeah. Yeah. Let's, uh, little, little holiday radio, nine to noon. Me and Brady and Madison will be on from nine to noon on 107.7 The Franchise, 107.9 The Franchise in Tulsa, um, and we'll be doing. I would say seventy percent basketball, thirty percent. Hopefully by then Kawhi has chosen his destination. We might do like power rankings of our favorite movies ever. Like it's the freaking holidays. Yeah. What we we don't have a hard fast rules. Yeah. We do whatever we want. Maybe you're just like barbecuing out, having a beer, and just have the radio on. Yeah. Like invite us. Come on now. Come on, invite us after we get done off the radio. Um. Okay. (laughs) So uh, that's gonna do it for us today. NBA free agency wild as ever. Uh, but this has been the OKC82 podcast on 177 The Franchise, 179 The Franchise in Tulsa. Make sure that you follow Brady and I on Twitter at Chisholm Holland at Brady Does Sports. As well as at Franchise OK. And thefranchiseok.com is where you can find all of Brady's great work uh, of everything that's happened this summer and everything that's going to happen. And uh, make sure you tune in. We'll be uh, keeping our eyes low to the ground. Make sure nothing crazy happens. If someone does, me and Brady will be ready to go to give you some Brady content. But until next time, see you soon, everybody. Peace.